There you go. Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners. I'm your guest co-host for today, Brady Bunch, a.k.a. the Non-Binary Ninja. Um, I've been on this show as a guest in the past, uh, and it's an honor to be back as a co-host. I had lots of fun. Uh, I recently won a belt for the Celebrity Boxing Organization for the new Non-Binary Trans Division. Uh, but you know what? At this point, I'm going to shut up and pass it on to your host, <laughs> Timmy B. All right, here we go with the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fighting Sight Podcast. Let's talk. If you recognize it, that is Brian Bam Bam Barbarena, who does my intro now. So thanks to Bam Bam. Our guest today, he's a fighter in the UFC's middleweight division who fights in just a few weeks with Bam Bam at UFC Thompson versus Holland on December 3rd in Orlando, Florida. He's a former college and professional football player. The man has the greatest nickname in all of professional sports, has fought legends like Lyoto Mashida and Johnny Lawrence, and today makes his Fight in Sight debut Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, your boy, Eric Anders. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Doing awesome. Doing awesome, man. Thank you guys for having me. Good, good. Thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us. You fight in just a couple of weeks. I'm not going to ask you the boring questions, but you feeling good? You feeling healthy? Oh, uh, yeah. Strong? Yeah, yeah. Feeling really good. Feeling great. You know, a lot of like... Uh, Mental clarity, like physically uh, good. So, yeah, ready to rock and roll. Nice, buddy. Uh, I hate it when people cheat in sports or in fights. One of the last guys that you fought, he squirted chili pepper in your eye to get the better of you. Johnny Lawrence on Cobra Kai. Eric, it was so cool to see you on Cobra Kai, man. How was that experience, and will you be uh, rematching against Johnny Lawrence in the future? Man, yeah, Johnny going to have to see me uh, throw these hands when he see me again, you know, when he ain't got a son there to, to help him out. So, yeah, dude, it, it was man, it was a super cool experience. Um, you know, I really didn't uh, know, like, how the acting thing worked or, you know, how they film stuff, and I have, like, a new appreciation for, for actors and actresses because, Man, that little bit that I was in, that's 24 hours of filming, you know? And he probably even more time of, uh, like, editing and stuff. So, man, we filmed, we, like, uh, trained that fighting sequence for, like, a week. And then when it came down to do it, they were like, okay, we're not doing any of that stuff. We're going to do it like this. <laughs> so, dude, I must have fought Johnny Lawrence a hundred times. And then when you finally get it right, they make you do it again and switch the camera angles. Yeah, so they can get like, different scenes and like you know whoever's talking in their face talking or whatever. So yeah, it's probably like, maybe two minutes of stuff of like uh, actual stuff that made it to the show, but it took twenty four hours to film those two scenes. So that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, awesome. They, congratulations. I mean, it's cool, man. And hey, that show keeps going. So I mean, they could bring. Vicente back, right? That was your name, Vicente. Yeah, in the show? yeah, yeah. They need to. They need. To. I need to work on my Spanish. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, uh, yeah, I would definitely like a rematch with the old Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Get in there, man. That was awesome. Uh, it's, transitioning to actual MMA, we've talked about it on this show a few times. I'm sick of people getting warnings for holding the fence, for you know, blatant fouls. No more warnings, Eric. Do you agree with that? Just give the um, penalty right away. Take the point. No, just just because, like, man, a lot of stuff is happening in there. So, like, just in the spur of the moment, like, you may not, like, intentionally do it. But, however, I do think, like, say I was going to take you down and you grab the fence. Like, they should award me the takedown. Or vice mm. versa. Like, if someone's taking me down, I grab the fence. Whether they would have finished the takedown or not, we never know. But, you know, we should just you know, assume that I grabbed the fence because I was going down or whatever. So the other, the, the offensive person should be awarded the, the takedown, I think. Wait, you mean award them the takedown on the scorecards or you mean like actually no, stop no, the action no. and put them on the ground? Yeah, that. Oh, that might that's be where, worse. That's where, that, that's where the fight was going anyways. That's why you grabbed the fence because I had you off balance. I had you on the way to the ground. 
and you grab the fence. Why else would you grab the fence? You know, uh, they maybe to like get up or whatever, but like, okay, so that should be a warning. Like I'm trying to get up. So I grab the fence to, to help me get up. Okay. That's a warning. But if you do it to stop a takedown, then whoever was trying to get the takedown should be awarded that takedown. They should start like in the bottom and half guard or side control or something. I don't know. That's pretty good. That's a good idea. What would the remedy be though? When Michael Chandler fish hooks you, what do you get to do back? You get to just fish hook him back. Um, man, you know, sometimes the refs miss, miss, misses some stuff, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, if, like, you know, when, when I fought Thiago Santos, like, his fingers, I don't think that he was, like, intentionally, like, trying to, to fish hook me like Michael Chandler did, but I for sure bit Thiago. Like, when his hands were in his mouth, <laughs> I, you know, for sure <laughs> bit down. For, absolutely, dude. So, if you put your fingers in my mouth intentionally or not, I'm going to try and, you know, bite you. And I didn't, like, <laughs> like, but I for sure gave him a like I snapped at him a little bit, <laughs> but you know, I was pretty desperate at that moment too. So you know, there's a lot of factors that go into the equation. Nice, nice. And uh, speaking of your acting, the World Cup started, and uh, I'm in Canada, Eric. So our team made it to the World Cup first time in 35 years. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And they've never scored a goal, right? Never. We missed a penalty shot today. I saw that. I saw that. It was supposed to be your first ever goal, right? In the that, World that, Cup. I mean, and, any other country, and that guy would be murdered tomorrow. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, bag, yeah. 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 You Canadians uh, are really nice. So y'all, y'all yeah, probably yeah. give a pound of bad tone. You get him next time, buddy. Good try. Here's some maple syrup. <laughs> You'll get him next yeah. time. Uh, speaking of acting, though, how tough is it for you to watch soccer and see guys like fall and cry when they get touched on their shoulder? Meanwhile, true warriors like you are eating leg kicks and not even flinching. Um, Man, you know, they're just playing to the game, you know, trying to get penalty kicks, trying to get the ball back or whatever. Um, I equate it to the same thing as like uh, – like in basketball, when guys like pump fake and jump into the defender to draw the foul, you know, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Um, so, yeah, you know, these guys are out there trying to play for their country and, and you know, the pride of your country. Like, those, you win the World Cup, you're a hero for a while, you know? So Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't see. I couldn't I, see. I, I couldn't see. I couldn't see Eric Anders taking a dive on a soccer field. You know what I mean? I feel like you. There's no way you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did. If I, like if I do that in fighting, then the fight's over. But you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I wouldn't do that if it wouldn't benefit my team or you know yeah. whatever. If it, if it gave us the ball back or I got a penalty kick out of it, you know, yeah, sure, yeah. why not? <laughs> um, you know, we've had fighters on the pocket. It's so funny. The last two weeks, we had Jake Matthews. Uh, from Australia on the podcast and he talked about he was famous uh, well not famous but he was getting a lot of um, interest on Twitter because he posted about how UFC fighter pay is good don't complain about fighter pay you just got to work hard and so we had him on the podcast and he talked about that and then last week we had Mike Davis on the podcast Beast Boy Mike Davis and he was saying hey, man, on my time off, I just play video games. I'm happy with the money I make, and, and I just do that. He doesn't seem to be, like, grinding hard for money like Jake was, so it was very conflicting. But you, my friend, I got to ask you, you have an OnlyFans, yeah. right? Um, yeah, well, yeah, they, they uh, sponsored me for a, a grappling tournament I did, so it's not like I'm not, you know, they, uh, yeah, they paid me up front. It's not like I'm making a bunch of money off of, Oh. Like the content that I put out, it's just like um, like workout videos and you know things like that. You know. Not, but are you still are you still doing that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. And so, hey man, I've only had one person. Uh, I've only had one other fighter that was on OnlyFans, and I realized after that it was extremely sexual. So it can be. Yeah. Can yeah. <laughs> Well, so, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, like, what, like, what kind of content are you guys looking for? Are you looking for pornos or what? You know, and they were like, no, you know, we just want, you know, content, you know, workout videos, uh, training videos, uh, how-to videos or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. I could do that. You know, I'm okay. not. You know, I, I saw that Chris Seibold. No, I'm not Ron Jeremy or nothing like that. So, you know, I don't think it would be a good look for me to be doing all that. <laughs> I know that Cyborg even jumped to OnlyFans, but I, 
the more so the way you're talking about, uh, where she had to yeah. let her fans know nothing sexual, another way to make money, another platform. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's the future. So so yeah. are you, okay, but so how do so okay, but for those listening and watching the podcast, how do how do people subscribe to you? What is your like? Do they just look up Eric Anders on OnlyFans? Yeah, you know, I keep it simple, man. All my handles are just my name. I don't do all these, you know, like crazy uh, handles or whatever. You know, I just keep it simple. And, all right. Yeah. And so do you, I mean, I know that on OnlyFans, the idea is that, like, you interact with the fans and you, like, do things back for, is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, people send me messages, you know, and, you know, I didn't realize there was such a, such a market for feet pictures, you know. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, y'all want to see my feet, dude? My feet are all scarred up. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, are are your feet on Wiki feet? I, I do you know that's a thing? What are you okay. into, dude? Dude, not not me. I've had. I've yeah, had. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me see Hold that on. search history, man. I'll, I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give you my account search history. No, man, there's a thing because uh, we've had guests on the podcast and they talk about that, about people asking for their feet photos and then they complain when their feet aren't ranked high enough on Wiki Feet. So you should look that up on oh, your podcast. Right. I'll check it out. But yeah, I've had like plenty of requests to see my feet and, you know, it's weird because for me, like these, are, these probably aren't the feet that I'd want to see myself, so. But you know, it seems to be an interest, so. Different strokes for different folks, man. I guess. Uh, has anyone asked for something a little, even, even I'd say more extreme than that? Uh, like, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they've had, uh, you know, people have asked for like naked pictures and, uh, like booty pictures and, you know, <laughs> the front as well. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't know if I want that stuff on the internet. I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty interesting, man. Uh, I appreciate the time, Eric. I'm going to go to a few fan questions because we got some fan questions, and some of them were pretty cool. Normally, they're pretty bad, but we got some good ones. Uh, EDM playlist curator says, if Eric could pick one potential retired legend from the past to fight him, who would it be, and why? Um, the, the, these kind of questions are always tricky to me because. Like, do I want a competitive fight or do I want to fight somebody just because I want to fight them? Like, fighting George St. Pierre would be cool, but George St. Pierre would probably beat my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> so is that really a fight that I want? Just to say that I fought George St. Pierre? I don't know, you know? So You, you could be the next uh, Dude, I always thought, that, like, uh, another one is, like, Chuck Liddell, like a guy who's, like, we're not gonna wrestle we're gonna stand in the middle we're gonna throw hands you know i really really and i've hung out with chuck and like he's a really great guy but i, I just always thought that that would be a fun fight nice uh, him and i but you know like i said like do i really want to fight a guy who's probably gonna beat me up or i, th- I you think know, you i think you and ch- i think you and chuck that would have been a that would have been a great fight when he was in his prime and i and i say i say like uh you know, we're not going to wrestle, but I, you know, be very honest, I'm probably going to shoot on Chuck at some point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I grab his legs at some point. Eric, you're so funny, man. You're you're such a real guy. Anytime I hear your interviews and see them, you're just such a real honest guy. Uh, Miami Jeweler 85 says, what can affect you mentally on fight day, all else in training camp having been 100%? What could affect you mentally, and positive or negative? Um... First of all, I, I know Miami Julia. What's up, Daniel? Um, I don't know. Uh, probably the worst fight I ever had um, was with Khalil Roundtree. My kids were really young, and, you know, I was trying to be super dad, and, you know, I, I brought them to the weigh-ins, and they were in the hotel with me on fight day, and, dude, they were just, you know, they were rambunctious kids, man. I think they may have been, like, seven and five or whatever. So I was trying to take a nap and they're over there fucking tearing up the wall and ripping down curtains. And, you know, just like, it was like two cats in a, in a sack, dude. They're just like wrestling around all the time. Yeah, I get mad and like yell out on time. And, you know, so it just, you know, kind of ruined my, my mood. So, uh, and then subsequently I went out there and got thrashed. So, um, 
yeah, I like to be by myself, you know. So, like, maybe if I'm around people, I, like, you know, it just kind of takes away from, like, what I'm thinking about and, like, trying to prepare and run through the, the checklist before the fight, you know. Like, uh, how do I feel? What am I thinking about? Um, you know, stretching out, moving around. You know, when I'm around people, like, say, I can't do all that stuff because I have to, like, entertain yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, ever, ever since then, I left the kids at home or, you know, had somebody else, like, watch them or take care of them, uh, you know, on fight day when they come to fight. So nice. Um, I would probably say, like, the energy of other people that you're around or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. I just think because, man, you know, like, fight day, the hay is in the barn, like the work is done. Now you just at that point it's just time to show up. Um, but if you have like, you know, shit going on during the day, like, you know, you're trying to do all this other stuff and you know, whatever, like that's probably the day you have to be the most focused on the fight itself, you know. So I just kinda stay by myself now. Yeah, for sure. And uh on your Instagram, it that is it your son that's doing the wrestling? Is that sometimes you yeah, it is? Nice, yeah, man. Yeah, my oldest. Congrats, yeah, man. Beast, That's awesome. Man, you know? Yeah, I think he's at like a little bit of a disadvantage because, you know, he plays seasonal sports. Like, so, you know, he'll play like football in the in the fall, wrestle in the winter, mm-hmm. track and field in the spring. And then, you know, he's got summer workouts. And I make him do like boxing and MMA and jujitsu and stuff during the summer just to, you know, stay in shape or whatever. And a lot of these other kids, they wrestle year-round, so... I told him, I was like, dude, you're probably going to be at a skill disadvantage, you know. But one thing you can control is, like, how hard you work, how hard you train, and how hard you wrestle. So, you know, those uh, videos I posted, just him, like, getting after it, you know, just go, 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 go nonstop. And, you know, that's, uh, that's the way you have to do it. No, that's awesome, man. And that and that's great, man. The kid the kids are gonna grow up, they're gonna have all different skills. And sometimes it's good to take a break from one sport and focus on another. It gives your body some time to relax and, and sometimes you come back refreshed. So if anyone well, knows yeah, how to I, transition I, sports, it's you. Yes. Well, I, I just I just want and I got two of them. The other one plays basketball in the winter. Um, but I just want them to like try everything, you know, and see what you get. He's like, Man, you may not have even known. You know, you were good at basketball, wrestling, or football, or whatever it is that they play. But now, look, like my my youngest, this was his first year playing tackle football, and he hated it at the beginning. But then towards the end, when he actually learned how to play football, how to tackle, how to run, and, you know, do all that stuff, he's like, oh, I like it. And I was like, oh, you see, man, you know. <laughs> there you go. Eric, man, you are on the I think this is the greatest card of the year. I'm not going to lie. I think the December 3rd card is stacked from early prelims to the main event. I feel like this is a card full of fan favorites and fan favorite fighters. You being, of course, a main one of them. Uh, Eric, all the best to you, man, on December 3rd. Uh, Congratulations. Before I let you go, is there anything that you want to say to fans, friends, and viewers of the podcast? Man, just, uh, man, thank you, everybody, for uh, your love and support, man. It doesn't go unnoticed. Like, I can't, like, thank every person individually, but, you know, collectively, like, thank you. It means a lot, you know. And, uh, yeah, uh, make sure you tune in uh, December 3rd, you know, trying to put this guy's lights out, you know. So, if you see me fight, you know how I fight and how I like to fight. And, you know, December 3rd won't be any different. Yeah, man, it's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, so on the screen, for those that are only listening on audio, it's at Eric Anders, E-R-Y-K Anders. Go follow him. Check out his OnlyFans. Get some free feet pics. Those are up. And Eric, last question. Your favorite podcast that you've ever been on, Joe Rogan or the Fight Insight podcast? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it's a close one, man. It's a tie. It's a tie. It's tough. It's tough, man. Hey, you've uh, done a great, you've done a great job. People. You've done a great job on that podcast, man. I love that interview. Guys, go check it out. Eric Andrews on on the Joe Rogan experience. That was amazing. Eric, you're the greatest, man. Brady Bunch? Would it be too much for me to ask one quick question? Go for it. Go for it. All right. I'm I'm a musician, and I'm nowhere like you, but I do compete in some some of the martial arts, got back into it. Uh, I know I have my, like, routines to get ready for whatever it is. 
do you listen to music before a match? And if so, like, what's your go-to get pumped up music, I guess? Um, not really. I listen to music when I run. Um, and I listen to, like, house, like, EDM, like, techno, I guess. Uh, just because, like, growing up, like, music, like, the lyrics were great. Like, I love the lyrics and the songs and the stories they told. But as of late, like, I think the music kind of sucks now, you know? Uh, like lyrically, like now if I find myself listening to music and I just find myself listening to the beat because I don't like the words, you know what I mean? So I was like, why do I just, why don't I just listen to music without words? And yeah, and it's usually faster, has a higher pace. So when you're running, like, you know, I guess you subconsciously try to keep up with the beat, you know? So it kind of helps me run a little bit faster too, because I'm a turtle. <laughs> you know what I, I relate to all you said and thank you for that answer yeah absolutely yeah. thank you for having me alright thanks Eric all the best to you man go go out there and kick ass and when you see my friend Brian Barbarena say hi to us for us will do absolutely I love that guy uh, well, I love watching his fights yeah awesome dude man see you later guy take care have a good one bye bye yes alright alright Brady Bunch you killed it what a great co-host you are. I'm sorry. I, no, that was good. That was a good question at the end. I like it. No, that was awesome. Uh, Eric Anders, what a cool dude, man. Very, yeah. very cool. Very personable. I mean, and I'm so, I, Across the board, agree with you. And I forgot because I watched Cobra Kai. While you two were talking, I was like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, that, I had yeah. to play together. Yeah, that was him. When it, this is the la- the latest season, so I don't know whether it's season four or whatever. When they go to Mexico, he's he's one of the security guards at the MMA fights. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's a yeah. goal of mine. Actually, is to somehow be casted as a non-binary fighter on Cobra yeah. Kai before they wrap it all up. Yeah, yeah, good. Get on that. Uh, guys, if you're here on the podcast because of Eric Anders, thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Please check us out, subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. You can see our handles down at the bottom. Tell your friends about us. That's how we get noticed. Uh, friends of the podcast update. I always like to give these Brady Bunch. So I did, of course, tell people when you won your fight. But uh, last week, Helen Peralta, she beat... Alex Pereira's sister. So dope. I'm telling you, Brady Bunch, they were setting Helen up to get beat by this chick. I I feel so, man, because uh, Helen had fought not too long ago. Like, I want to say like two or three weeks prior in Invicta and unfortunately lost. And then Alex Pereira, who just wins the title, his sister's fighting in LFA. I think they were promoting her. And then they go and get Helen to come and fight her. And then Helen kicks ass, man. I was so happy for her. I was cheering like crazy. She's great. Uh, if you haven't seen that podcast, check that out. Helen has the best personality. Ricky Tercios. Ricky Tercios, he won the Ultimate Fighter. He won his fight on the weekend, too. So congratulations to him. Uh, that was a great fight for him. So woohoo! Uh, next week on the podcast, we've got Brian Bam Bam Barbarena. He's joining us, as he always does on his fight week. And uh, like I said, he's fighting on that December 3rd card as well. He fights Rafael uh, Dos... Dos Anjos. All right. In the co-main event of a stack stack card. So that's going to be a wicked fight. Um, so we're happy to have Brian back. And of course he does our intro now, which he's very embarrassed about, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I use his audio for the intro and uh, he said he did it as a joke, but I said, no, it's uh, it's too good. I'm using it. Uh, Brady Bunch. Glad to have you back. You won your celebrity boxing fight, and I'm so proud of you and so happy for that. Yes. You uh, put on a great show, but you did make mention that there was a little bit of drama afterwards. So, yeah, I could talk a little bit about this. Yeah, yeah. How should I put this? Um, So, first of all, uh, it was such an amazing experience. Uh, Trained for the fight. The big day came, and you never know how things are going to end, no matter how prepared you really are. Um, so for me, so much of that experience after winning, I got really excited to be given my belt in the ring. Uh, but unfortunately, someone had left my belt in a hotel room. Uh, <laughs> so imagine, like, press showed up. They, As I step out of the ring, 
there was newspapers. They wanted to take my photo with the belt. And unfortunately, I did not get my belt until much later. Uh, but I do have my belt now. Uh, okay. Do you have it? Do you have it so we can see it now? Is it here? Yeah, you know what? Give me one second. Yeah, yeah. All right. I will fill some time while Brady Bunch is gone. So that was that celebrity boxing, for those of you that don't know. And if you didn't check out Brady Bunch's podcast with us the first time, go back and check that one. It was an awesome one. Trap Daddy Gambino was the um, guest co-host for that one. It was really good. Whoa. here That's a legit belt. There we go. Right? Very nice. I've been showing it off anywhere I can go. Nice. (laughs) It matches everything. Nice black and gold. Yes, by any chance, did you see my, uh, so I got to open for the baby in Austin, Texas. That was like the week after, right? Yeah, you know what? It was probably closer to like two weeks or so. Okay, okay. Uh, Yep, yep. But I got to flex this this belt on stage and I loved it. The crowd seemed to dig it. Uh, Nice. I called out jokingly, yet semi-serious again, little Nas X to a fight, uh, considering it's celebrity boxing. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I'd say the current thing, uh, and I thank you for this. Is when I was on your podcast last time, we talked about potential trans opponents for me. Yeah, uh, we so talked I know, about a one night tournament. Yes, so I'm trying my best to make that a reality, and I'm hoping we could do it at official celebrity boxing. Uh, I know I'm supposed to speak to Damon, the CEO, on Monday. Uh, as time goes on, I'm actually getting more and more competitors calling me out. Uh, so part of me is like, I feel like a tournament might be the easiest way for me to figure out who to fight next. Wait, are you getting the people that are calling you out? Is it trans fighters calling you out or, or other celebrities? It's trans fighters. So you may get a laugh about this. Uh, I've been told that technically I might be able to fight someone like Andy Dick, who is now part of the celebrity boxing organization. But okay. for how me, old, how old is Andy Dick? So 97. In, in his, I think in his 50s. Uh, and what I will say is this. Uh, <laughs> if I need to fight Andy Dick to get my next match in, I guess I will. But truthfully, my team and I really, really, and my coaches would love a trans opponent. Uh, so if we're going to go the celebrity route, we think of people like Kim Petras, Petras, uh, Nikita Dragon, who was on the news recently. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go back to Lady Farrell, Alana McLaughlin. I'm going to go back to G Marie. Um, or I'm going to go back to Brittany Vaughn. And what I'd, I'd like to give Brittany Vaughn a shout out, uh, because she won a match, her debut kickboxing match against a man within the last couple weeks. Uh, and to me, like, I see her running in the woods, carrying a backpack with 25 pounds of weights in it. Uh, some of the moves I see her pulling off in her training and the fights I've seen, she's got a lot of energy. So part of me, uh, part of me is wondering if it'll be her. Uh, I know G. Marie was in talks with the organization, but for some reason that stopped at one point. Um, but to tell you the truth, I'm still training. Uh, I'm really excited, and my goal is to either defend this belt by March, June, the latest, right? Um, now, what? Now, what is the 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 belt? It doesn't say what weight class or title. Like, what is the title of this belt for those that don't know? So originally, they made it the non-binary division title. Uh, so basically, it was supposed to be an open gender; anyone can compete, but it was uh, a way to let trans people compete if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what the idea is is turning this into the full like non-binary trans division belt where i ideally would love to have an actual trans division full of just trans athletes and i think that's what these other athletes are calling for um yeah unfortunately uh you know the feedback i get because i now have, believe it or not have like a pr team uh <laughs> of course you do we've been getting a lot of feedback back unfortunately uh how do I put this? Uh, it seems to me that the media doesn't really want to support trans women fighting trans women. And it seems that many of these outlets would rather cover Alana McLaughlin fighting cisgender athletes uh, than give me and these other girls any time of day. 
hold on. They rather you're saying they'd rather watch Alana McLaughlin murder a woman. So <laughs> like a, a cisgender woman. Yes. Meaning the same. Yeah, That's because they want drama shit that they want because they know that's clickbait. See, but no, it's interesting. It goes both ways. So you would think like, yes, some of the clickbaity ones, but even the big LGBT media, we don't fit into the message. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, so part of my frustration is I hope I can make enough noise where we mm-hmm. start getting more press about this. Right, um, right, right. And so, yeah, so this is actually, I was talking to Damon about, can I get this modified so people know it's the trans belt. So I love that you asked that. Uh, and yeah, I also know that um, part of the reason I wanted to talk to Damon, I'm sorry if I'm a little all over the place. Uh, <laughs> no. But did you hear about the Roy Jones Jr. fight against NDO champ, this bodybuilder? Okay, hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. I didn't know we were going to go there. All right. When when Roy Jones Jr. fought Mike Tyson, that was like two years ago, right? Or whatever that was. Did you watch that fight? You know what? I only read about it. And okay. And from what I've heard and read, I think I know where you may be going. Wait, okay, take it quickly take a guess where I'm going with this. That Roy, if Roy shows up in the state that Roy was in for that match, Roy might actually have a bit of a struggle with a beast like NDO. He uh, will die. Yeah. I think in the yeah, okay, so we're on the same page. I think that Mike Tyson. 100% took it easy on him once yes. Mike realized how how they were like once Mike realized how he how he was performing Mike totally laid off right and I could see it and you could know yes. I think this I have no clue who this NDO champ guy is aside from that he looks like five Kimbo slices put together like yeah he's a massive human being. I don't know that that guy is going to understand to lay off. You know what? And if he tees off, I would be very scared. I don't like that fight at all. So that, you know, what's so interesting. I'd say the thing about the celebrity boxing organization that makes it even crazier than some of these other organizations. It's the matchmaking. Yes. It gets a little wacky. Uh, And I guess so part of me, I look, I'm looking at this fight a bit like you, but I'm also looking at it. So I heard the same thing that you heard that like clearly Mike Tyson, he's still closer to who he was than Roy. And Mm -hmm. if anything, it looked like a playful sparring session. And I assume once Mike realized, right. uh, And I believe Mike is not the, the hungry killer he used to be either. Right. Okay. He's the nicest dude. First of all, do you watch Mike Tyson Mysteries on Netflix or did you ever watch that cartoon? No, but I should. That is the best cartoon. Okay, so after this podcast, go watch that show. Or for anybody listening, that show is freaking hilarious. He's such a nice guy. Even in the post-fight interview, they had him and Roy Jones Jr. And it was declared a draw, I think. And they're interviewing both of them. And Mike Tyson is, is jovial and he's laughing. He's like oh, that was a great fight. And he's being really kind and complimentary, like not the killer we we knew him as when he was Iron Mike, you know? And at one point, the commentator, I remember this so clear, the commentator was saying to Roy Jones Jr., oh, you know, were you worried out there, blah, blah, something like that. And then Mike Tyson goes, what about me? I, I, I could have been badly hurt. I was I was nervous. Like, he was so kind about the whole thing. He was yeah. never in danger that fight. He was, But he was so kind. It was... Yeah, totally playing that off. But this NDO champ, if this guy goes in with the same kind of energy and ferocity that you see in the in the celebrity boxing posts and stuff like that, yeah. something better be like prepared to help if something goes bad. And I would hate to see a legend like that go, go out here. like that for something like this, you know? So you know what? So here's the thing. I agree with you in so many ways. I'm really curious to see what does happen because one is I'm wondering if that whole experience with Tyson kind of got Roy like woken up a bit about conditioning, whatever. Furthermore, keep in mind, these aren't full boxing rounds. It's not a full boxing match, but you're right in the sense that what my fear is, is someone like NDO who would probably gas out in the full boxing match eventually carrying all that muscle mass. Yeah. 
he's going to have probably more than enough power and stamina to just be wailing power shots for those short, brief amounts of time. And that's yeah. where you're right. Uh, I am a little worried for Roy. Yet, guess what? I actually, I think I might still put my faith in Roy. <laughs> that for some reason, we can, you know, you, we, I think you get this too. We can have a bet if you want. We can do a side bet. All right, I'm down. But right? you know, I don't know. I look if it's real. That's one question, right? Like if they're that's not true. if they're not going over to NDO on the side and going, "Hey, look, you're not going to kill this guy, right? You're going to, you know." Yes. If they're not doing that and it's real, I do worry. I mean, that guy could like literally flex his chest and it would create like headgear for him. Like the guy is massive. He yeah. wouldn't even have to put his hands up. He just like goes like this and like he's essentially like immune, you know? And you know I, what? I met I met NDO champ in person actually at my first celebrity boxing event before I ever boxed. Uh, and yes, in person, like he's one of those people just as mass like Sometimes you meet someone in person. Like, for example, I heard Liver King is only like five foot three, right? Yes, yes, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you meet NDL, not the tallest, but definitely not the, sh- meaning at least my height, I'd say, and just built. Built. Like, now, why Now, why is NDO Champ famous? What What is he famous for? So, you know what? I believe if I have the story correct, and from what I follow, is uh, bodybuilder, I think Nigerian uh. based. I have a feeling got like a nice start, maybe first overseas, not sure. But he's part of like a small circle of these bodybuilders that represent, I guess, NDL. I've seen it on a few other people. I think he's won some shows. He had some hype. Uh, His his big thing, he's broken out on social media pretty well. So he'll pop up in rappers clips, famous rappers clips. Uh, Oh, okay, okay. A lot of it was he was known for the bodybuilding and then jumped into like the influencer deals. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Actually, that that going to that, I was surprised. So Eric Anders is saying like OnlyFans reached out to him to sponsor him in it. So it wasn't like he went to go, oh, I'm going to start in OnlyFans. So they sponsored him to do it. So that was interesting. And you know what? I saw Cyborg on Facebook, going back to like what I was trying to mention, posting about it. And now you have me wondering if OnlyFans, maybe behind the scenes, is making deals like this with all UFC fighters. Yeah. Uh, because I've heard of people holding, they cook, they like have private cooking lessons on their OnlyFans. Right, right. right. It yeah. could be anything. It could um, be anything. Although we know what it normally is, we're thinking it's going to be. Yes. Look, if, and I'm putting this out there, if OnlyFans, wants a podcast on OnlyFans, I will sell out in a heartbeat. I hope you're listening, OF. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 talk about some stuff. Uh, oh, okay. And by the way, Andy Dick is 56 years old. Yeah. So here's the, here's part of it. I know... Some if you fight... Hold on. If you fight Andy Dick, and we, we messaged a little bit off, off air on this. Yes. I don't mind you fighting Andy Dick. But it has to be just like a, a, a tiny detour in your fighting yeah. career. Like it, it's like you said, it's just something to quickly get your name out there. And then like in a few weeks, you're fighting again. I feel like this guy would pose zero danger to you. Yes. I now, agree. mind you, anybody can get clipped at any time. Yes. But in reality, I don't see this dude taking any training seriously. Show showing up for the fight on time like i don't know he just doesn't give me the sense so i don't mind you do it but i don't want you to turn into like a gimmick fighter you know and, that's, and so part of the problem with the organization that i love i love you damon and everyone but i've been trying to explain to them i have a brand that's kind of outside mm-hmm. of just celebrity boxing but this grabbed my heart and i'm all about this now and yeah. what i explained going back to the pr so, for example, just like trying to get some press out there tied to my music, the, the baby concert, a lot of people came back and told us that due to the Caitlyn Jenner call out, they were seeing my brand as gimmicky. And that hurt because the truth was I did what the organization asked, but I was taking it completely serious. And it was at a press conference against my opponent, yet the press ran with it. And so part of me is aware that if I have another fight that's seen that way, no one's going to take 
my goal of legitimizing trans fighters as seriously. And that's yep. where I agree with you. And that's where my team that I care about looking out for me now, yeah, they're like, no, we need a real opponent. And so that's where I'm trying nice. to talk to Damon. I'm trying to get G Marie, uh, Brittany, or some of these other girls. And I think that would be the real pull. And I would love, truthfully, yeah. so yes, if I got to do Andy Dick, what I really want to plug is maybe that pride fight for June, like we were originally supposed to do last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or if some people took my uh, advice, the tournament, and, and well, the tournament, no, but the other advice that I may have given Gita Marie was you take that Andy Dick fight and you set it up so that your next opponent is in the stands, causes a ruckus, and then jumps the cage after you win or jumps the ring after you, you know what I mean? Like use then therein is a total tie in to the next fight. Yes. And you know right. what? Now you like, have to beat Andy Dick to a pulp. To be able to... To, make to, to then do that. Yes. But, but that's the idea. You know what I mean? Like that, then then the Andy Dick fight makes sense because it's like, oh, it's just like a, it's just like a promo for your real fight. Yes. You know? Yeah. Anyways, I'm supportive of your career. I want to see you do well and I want to see you get legit fights and I want to see you move on and do stuff. Uh, uh, guess, guess who's not going to be fighting? Cain Velasquez. Uh, I got to talk to you a quick second about this. So Cain Velasquez, uh, we've detailed this in in detail on this podcast. We had a a lawyer, a defense, criminal defense lawyer come on, talk to us about the trial, what the hell was going to happen. So against what we thought was going to happen and what we predicted, he ends up, he does get bail. So for those that don't know, because the story has now, you know, too many news cycles have come and gone. And so free Kane is no longer a trending hashtag. It's like, you know what I mean? So his trial's going on and nobody knows. And so people might not be aware, but Kane Velasquez did get bail now. He was yeah. denied bail a million times. He was um, approved bail. Now people were like, this is justice. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand what bail means. It doesn't mean he's he's innocent. I reached out to some lawyers and I asked, I said, does granting bail mean anything with respect to like the potential for indictment or not? They're like, Nope, it's nothing. Yep. What I'm putting on screen though, is the news that Kane, the judge allows pro wrestling gig for Kane Velasquez. He's allowed to cross state lines because he wants to compete in a pro wrestling event. Brady Bunch, if you're on trial for attempted murder, is going to compete in a wrestling match your best? Like, it just seems like, are you are you serious? So I'm a little crazy. So I hope you, I'm going to, I'm going to make an argument for what yeah. me is like, hey, I kind of get it. I'm imagining being stuck in a jail cell. For the months and months that I believe Kane was. I lose track of when it first happened. I think it was a year almost. Like, it was a long time. Yes, right? And, you know, I know people are split about whether or not he should be there in the first place. Right, right, right. Yep, yep. Where it's California laws. and yep. like, But going back, I'm imagining almost like if I was stuck in a jail cell. And let's say my lawyers have told me, you're probably not getting through this. You're going to get bailed. We'll try our best to lower the numbers, but you're going to serve some time. Yeah. And I know that maybe the money from my fighting days has dried up a bit due to my lawyer fees on top of it. Mm-hmm. And there's some random pro wrestling organization that wants to pay me a decent amount of money to go across state lines where in a way I will get an opportunity to perform, but a different type of performance okay. but could very well be my last time getting attention in the middle of a ring. So in that sense, I think it's ridiculous, but I understand that it could be a financial thing or a desire to have one last center of the spotlight type gig, which is crazy. But I think being a musical artist, sometimes we have egos as humans Mm -hmm. and I get that. I kind of get that, but I also, I want to hear your opinion on why no, it's crazy because I, I believe it's I, crazy. I appreciate what you said. I think I think everything you said is dead on smart 
and and has valid points for sure. Dead on. Uh, FYI, this is episode 93 of the podcast and the Cain Velasquez episode where we highly detailed it was episode 56. So if you're interested in that, criminal defense lawyer Daniel Martinez gives a wicked breakdown. Um, I just think that if you're, I don't like his, we've talked about this. I don't like that he has a celebrity judge. I don't like the whole free cane movement. I don't like the fact that, you know, all these celebrities have come out to try and support him because I feel like then it, it will create a backlash as well. Right. And I think, I think it would have been better for him just to try and stay quiet, go under the radar, don't cause a huge thing and then play up the sympathy factor and the whole reason you did it and blah, blah, but don't create a circus around it. So I, I don't like that. There's the circus. And then I feel like the DA, the district attorney, that's going to be prosecuting you is going to now turn to a jury and say, this guy is a violent criminal. He almost killed someone. He, it was attempted murder. He ended up shooting an innocent victim. Don't even get at me that the guy in the car with the guy is not innocent because yeah. he's, it could have hit anybody is the point, right? Yeah. And the DA is going to go, the second this guy gets out on bail, he's, it's not that he's just spending time with his family. He's crossing state boards to go and wrestle, which is essentially like a physical violent activity. I know it's acting, blah, 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 whatever sports entertainment. Yes. But like, that's what he chooses to do. That shows his character. That shows who he is. He's a guy that just wants to fight. Cause obviously he couldn't get a sanctioned real fight. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you know, I'm sure that's not going to happen. But <laughs> so the minute this guy gets out, this is what he's doing. I feel like it's going to, that's definitely the district attorney is going to use that as a reason to, to get you more time or to show that you're not sympathetic for the issue. Like I just, I don't like it. You know what you putting it. So I, (laughs) so there was two parts of me, the reasonable logical side, and then like the crazier entertainer side, right? You make your choice makes so much more sense. No, I don't know. I don't know. The money thing, of course, maybe the money thing, maybe the money is a problem. Maybe he needs to do it. Maybe. And like you said, you're an entertainer, you're, you're an athlete. You want to be in the spotlight. You want to do stuff, but it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I see both sides hundred percent. I'm definitely in the minority from when I'm saying it. Like when I, when I comment this online, ooh, yeah. I get, I get blown to bits by people, right? They, yeah. you know, they think I'm a total asshole, but uh, so I don't think a lot of people see it my way. I worry that the DA will see it my way. And I worry that the jury will see it my way. That's. And the way I look at it too, from what I've read and, and know, it sounds to me like it's pretty stacked against the menu. Hey. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, episode, episode 56, go watch it. People, okay. uh, Brady bunch, you bring a lot of people to the podcast and I appreciate you so much. Uh, man, people love you. People love you. I, I'm still responding to people's uh, comments about how much they loved your uh, episode, your last episode. So I appreciate you coming on so much. When we spoke the last time, we talked about you being at a real gym and about your being at Muay Thai gyms. And you told me you're not at a BJJ place and a boxing gym and you're taking your training really seriously. Yes. We've talked on the podcast a few times um, and recently about certain gyms that go on losing streaks. And I was saying that there was one MMA gym, which I'm not going to mention because I just don't like continually saying it, but there's a professional MMA gym that loses a lot. Yes. And after doing very well, if I'm thinking of. Yeah. After, yeah. After doing well, being in a, they've lost a lot, like a lot. Like I, I, like, like I think I was looking at some of their people, they were 0 and 12 combined. You know what I mean? Um, and one of them just got kicked out of the UFC after the third straight loss. Um, another at the last UFC event, again, another loss. And I'm just, man, I just want to say that because some may call me a mystic pretty yeah. much. I don't know. Some may call me a mystic, but I'm just saying that Jim is having hard times and if you're and if you're at a gym that's continually losing, like to a very high degree, you know, and this is to you, you you need to be around positivity and 
whatever, right? And like, no matter how much you can kind of put it off and go, oh, okay, but they lost, but that's not me. I still feel like you gotta, you gotta think like, okay, but is it the training we're getting or is it, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. So you know what? <laughs> what I'll say is uh, I'm trying to imagine how it would feel if I made it to the level of some of these athletes. Mm-hmm. It's a dream, right? Uh, yeah. And I it's can all our dream. Yes. And what I'll say is this, I've, I've hopped around myself through a few gyms and currently I'm training out of a, a mainly Muay Thai gym and a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym, which does all the MMA. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I had to hop around before that because I, going back to my boxing gym, a few things stood out the way I was treated. If I asked questions of his treated type of way, I was always being told like, as if my coach was doubting, what I could do, it was just in a way negative energy. And I appreciated yep. my time there. But something that stood out to me too was they had their boxers boxing in events. And every time I heard how they did, they were losing. Yeah. And so, yes, the guy running that gym was a former champion. In, yeah, yeah. Right? But guess what? What I was like, I don't think you can teach as well as you fought. Exactly. So yeah. Not everybody that makes it to the highest level can become a coach and not all great coaches can compete. Like it's different skill sets. Yes. And, and that's why, like I made it my mission, especially when you're spending money right now. I know yeah. some of these people they're getting their camps paid for sure. and all that. But like, uh, I know that if I was part of this camp, I would be looking at other camps and thinking about, all right, before I give up this dream of mine, where can I head? to give this another year or two to step up my game and round it out. And I think what we're seeing right now, I think what part of the problem is this is what stinks. I think some of these camps, yeah, people figure out how they're training. People figure out how to defend whatever it is that their specialties are. Right. And right Mm -hmm. now we have like team Khabib rising up and taking over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I see certain fighters that actually used to talk smack about that crew, like joking on Twitter, like, yo, will you train me? Yeah. Uh, and what I will say is why I have more confidence lately than ever is uh, being on Long Island. There's all these gyms to choose from. I'm currently being trained by a double black belt, Sarah Jiu-Jitsu expert, right? We hop from gym to gym. Uh, I train in Steamroller for Vola's backyard. Congratulations. Congratulations to yes. that, dude. Yes, that by the way. Like, holy shit. What an Amazing. awesome first round knockout. Literally so so underrated, right? Yeah, but like, great. guess what? Being no watching him fight, right? Watching him win and knowing that my coach is training with all of his circle, that gives me confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where it's like if I was working with a team that had lots of losses. I wouldn't be as confident. Uh, yeah. So I feel like I'm blabbering a bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see that some of these camps, what will happen to them, right? Will they bounce back? Yeah. Uh, you have to, you have to. Like, it's like a business. Like if any, it's, I mean, a gym is a business. And the reason why I kind of also brought it up, not just to gloat because I'm psychic, but because sometimes I listen to my podcast back and I realize that sometimes I may not have heard everything that the guest is saying or my co-host is saying. Like sometimes it's hard, right? Because you're trying, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm clicking other things and I'm thinking about the next subject and I'm, I'm almost like going on autopilot. But Jake Matthews said he, uh, you know, had switched gyms four times during the course of his career to get to where he is. And he was like, no, you got sometimes you outgrow a gym and stuff like that. So I think it's important for people to realize that, that, you know, the loyalty is great. But, and he even said, he said, you know, I, when I would leave the gyms, I would leave on good terms. I would tell them, I'm just, you know, I have to leave and whatever. And you hope that everyone's mature about it, but it's just something you got to watch out for. But I'm very happy that you're at good gyms and that yeah. you're finding good people. Cause that's so important. You don't post a lot with your gyms though. You don't so you, post a lot of your training stuff for your training people, right? Yeah. You know what? Uh, so how do I put this? Ironically, this goes back to the boxing coach. Uh, I remember Celebrity Boxing wanted lots of training videos, right? And I remember my boxing coach being like, no, you're still learning. And the last thing you want is anything out there 
showing mm. people like weakness you might have or strength you think you have in the moment. Uh, but I knew that I had to show a little bit of something. Uh, part of it too is also, I'll put this, my Brazilian jiu-jitsu squad that I've been training with the last few months. Uh, we do film a lot and we take pictures. It's just, I'm such a, in a way, a perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so I know a lot of them will like take videos of us training together and they will actually post it in their stories. And I know a lot of times they want me to share it. Yeah. And sometimes I look at it and whether it's like physically I look like shit, uh, B, that kick looked weak as hell, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here is the truth. I do have a lot of content. And I guess what my dream will be of this year is to get much more of that out there in a way that keeps certain things safe. But here's the truth. We have so many fighters that you interview. They have training videos out there. They have right. coaching videos out there. Um and actually going back full circle to the idea of like camps and schools, uh, my current jujitsu coach, uh, who trains me actually in everything, full MMA, okay. uh, the two of us have been looking at, believe it or not, locations to possibly open a school together uh, where we would plan on bringing in some of the local talent for occasional seminars and whatnot. Uh, nice, nice. So yeah, that's... uh. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll hear about a new camp soon. Uh, always types of fighters. Always the entrepreneur, Brady Bunch. Like uh, from music to fighting to now owning a school. I mean, you do it all. And guess what? So part of this was me and this coach were like, "Yo, it would be more like a club where we're talking about maybe getting <laughs> a warehouse. This section is like the CrossFit workout area. You got the jujitsu stuff over here. Over here is the podcast studio." Over here is a, a recording studio, right? Uh, nice. But who knows? This is just a crazy dream at the moment. Uh, so we'll see. No, that's awesome. Uh, we're coming up on time. Is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you definitely wanted to get out? I know I've touched on like almost all the different things I wanted to and probably more. So I'm good. How are you feeling? You know what? I feel pretty good. You know, what I'm going to do is quickly plug myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm hoping I get to defend this belt against a trans opponent, ASAP. Uh, and I hope I win, clearly, right? Obviously. Uh, but also being a musician, I'm really excited because I'm working on my debut rock album, right? So I'm going a whole different direction. I've got some legends helping me make it. Uh, and truthfully, why I'm excited for this is what I've been branding it as is fight music. Where And part of the reason why I asked Eric that question is sometimes I imagine how cool would it be if like I can make a walkout song for a UFC legend or something like that, right? Where it's a song about them, for them, it pumps people up. And so that's kind of why I'm headed to like the almost limbiskity type sound. Uh, and to tell you the truth, uh, people are talking about me going on a European tour if I do well enough with this album. Uh, so that's part of the reason why I want to have this fight, right? Or a few before all that happens. Uh, and you know what? If there was one question I would have loved to talk to Eric about, uh, it's the weight cutting. Uh, because I watched, I watched some videos on him. He cuts uh, a lot of weight. Yeah. And so the one thing I'll say is I think I learned some things from Eric. Uh, so I really appreciate being here because it allowed me to go study Eric, who I've watched for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but you know what? I learned some things about what he learned from weight cutting. And so actually what I'm just going to say is thank you, Eric. I wish I could have asked you some questions about that. <laughs> thank you to me. I, I hope I could be back on in the future. Of course. Uh, you're my favorite podcast. You are one of my two favorite podcasts. I will have to say, I don't want to, I'm going to edit that part out. All right. I don't want the audience <laughs> to hate me. Right? No, no, of course. Every time, uh, you treat me well. I know a lot of my fans love you. And I'm, I'm really excited to share what's next. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm honored that you're here. You know, uh, you were a very great guest the first time. I'm so glad that you could come and co-host because, uh, as you know, I've been changing up co-hosts and trying to figure this whole thing out. So uh, you were very gracious with your time. I appreciate it. Eric Anders said that I was a tie with Joe Rogan. So yes, I could essentially quit now and I'll be happy for the rest of my life. 
So that's pretty good. Um, what else? Okay, so next, uh, well, like I said, next week we're going to have Bam Bam Barbarina on the car on on the show before his fight. I do want to give a shout out to New York uh, Podcast Network, Rage Works Podcast Network. Those are the guys that I am on that podcast network. So check them out at rageworksnetwork.com for a whole bunch of podcasts that are very cool things. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, oh, do you have a little... There you go. Just wanted to say hi quick. That's What's... Snickers. Snickers? <laughs> Hello, Snickers. Uh, guys, thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, you know, like I said, as always, follow us. Follow Brady Bunch at, at Brady Bunch. B-R-A-Y-D Bunch. Follow Brady Bunch and uh, follow us at Fight Insight Podcast. Brady Bunch, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All the best to you in your next fight. And uh, we'll chat offline and on air again. Without a doubt. It was an honor. Have a Thank good you. See ya.